Hello everyone, this is Straight White Whale, episode 54, and before we get into the madness, I would like to give my sponsors a shout out. Now, I've wrote it down because I'm dyslexic, be kind. This week, this episode's podcast is sponsored by Lamb Solutions Limited, by one of my best mates, Michael Burns. Michael Burns is a jack-of-all-trades, multi-skilled tradesman, so I'll read this out. Lamb Solutions Limited, all drainage, plumbing and heating work, from small repairs to full new heating systems, gutters and drain pipes supplied and fitted, full bathrooms and kitchens. Discount for podcast listeners and it's a one year warranty guarantee. How good is that? So if you need anything done, go and give Michael Burns a shout out. Also, a wee quick shout out to Back On Side, my favourite mental health charity in the Glasgow Samaritans. Guys, you know the deal with them. If you need help, get in touch. Let's get in about the podcast. God bless. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Straight White Whale podcast. We are mixing it up today with something a little different. Episode 54, and something big is happening. We've got our very first guest <laughs> ever. A straight gay whale. Eh, no, a gay white whale. <laughs> a gay white whale, a straight gay whale. No. <laughs> Mr. Scott Agnew. Nice to see you. Look at that. Fluff the first line. That's shocking. No, that's all right. Fluff the first line. Nice to be here. This is lovely. Thank you for coming, mate. It, feels, it feels quite weird having a guest. Well, it's just, well, see, I couldn't imagine doing this without a guest. I, would, I know you've got Paul to talk to, mm. who's kind of here but not really here. But um, I, I, I admire the fact you can sort of do that talking straight through. Yeah. That's, so this is odd. But we've spent so much time together. We're practically one person recently. Practically yes. one person now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I find it quite funny how when <coughs> at stages of our lives when we see each other, <laughs> like, you, I'm not being cheeky here, right? But cut back to Greenock. Scott Agnew was my support act, right? He's our closest, dearest friend. We go years back and Greenock <laughs> came and I was 21 stone and it looked like my heart was going to explode. <laughs> and then two weeks later, you see me and I look all right. You're looking all right. I mean, that was because <laughs> like, you'd messages like the week before your tour and like just going, right, what's things were, I don't know what could be said. No can be said, but things weren't going as you were anticipating or were planning. Mm -hmm. There was, um, and and I, I was like, oh, well, just need to try and do it. And get like, well, you come down with uh, And I mean, met you in Central Station and all that. He looked like a crazy person enough. It was a Friday night, do you know? It was like, it was it was like a guy that started his weekend in the Wednesday, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but was still cutting about Central Station at five o'clock on a Friday night. I'm like, oh, he's really no well, do you know what I mean? It was, you're like, you were just, you were just frantic, do you know? Yeah. Um, and like even just try to that corner, you know, because it's gonna be a short train journey down the road. Um, two stops. Try, try, two stops, just try to keep you sort of focused. I'm like, oh no, he's a... Aye. Um, I mean, he still went out and done an amazing show, but if you compare, I'd love to have seen a video of the first show, you know, to see the two back-to-back -back sort of thing. Aye. Um, because it was really funny, but it was all over the place, um, and it didn't feel like you were in control you were in control of the, what was happening but and yeah. everybody was loving it it was just you know that but, but it wasn't a comfortable watch for somebody that knows you if that makes any Aye. sense 
Because uh, I remember and then went to Fortnite writers, you were just like, hey, <laughs> Donny Os- Osmond's going, hi. Hi, <laughs> tanned, tanned, can fit into the shirt. Because <laughs> somebody was like, that to me, oh, I love that joke with the shirt when you were dead fat and it doesn't fit into you that's the best joke of the night and I was like that wasn't a joke (laughs) (laughs) that's my life that's just (laughs) my shot that's just my gig shot that was my gig shot that did they cunts are cackling before I get to the mic (laughs) sorry but but I'm I'm, uh, like I've I've done some kind of mad osmosis thing do you know what I mean so all the weight that you had on at that first that first gig you know, I've I've sucked it up and it's all here and mine. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, see with the glasses, man. Sometimes we do look like a before and after picture. <laughs> we are we're starting we are starting to I know it's just I've been I've been no well this I've been no well since Saturday night. So yeah. you're the first person I've come out of the house for, which is why my throat sounds like that. It's not just for taking too many cock. Oh. Right. Just. <laughs> I was going to ask, how did you suck the fart out of Darren? <laughs> There's still a wee bit to go. We're, ho- we're halfway there. Uh, but I, I'd, I always find that quite funny how I was just cradling myself in Central to, to finish off uh, us doing a gig at the Orin Moor. And it was beautiful. It was brilliant, mate. It was Thank a beautiful, you so beautiful much. night. It was so, so good. And just. But the audience were just bang on. Um, you were tremendous. Do you know what I mean? You just were so in control. You were like a proper, what do you call it? Conductor. Thank you, you know I mean? mate. You were a conductor, a maestro. Like Here we go. Thank right? you. And you, you, you ad libbed what you wanted to ad lib, and your set pieces came out the way they needed to come out. Beautiful. Thank lovely. you very much, mate. It was very, very, very enjoyable. It was a beautiful thing to have you as my support act because I know a lot of people, I don't know if you've experienced this, uh, like... Maybe if it uses me as a support act, by the way. <laughs> You're I the think... first person. Well, I tell you why. Uh, on, on a tour, I've never really done it. I've never really done MD's tour. I've never done MD's tour. But I've done, like, wee spots. I've done... Uh, uh, Jim Jeffries once spoke. Oh no, Jim Jeffries three times. Uh, I've done Kevin a couple of times. Not at the Hydro. That was just when he was bigger than that. And friends. So that was kind of that's no is that support? That, that's just part of a bill. Yeah, but I've supported them on at a uh, which was mental. That was the oh Rockness. Oh aye. So I so obviously support there. Everybody was there to see him. Nobody was there to see me. Like 10,000 people tried to come in and they tent. There was only, I think, about 6,000 that was able to hold. Wow. That was mental. He came in on a helicopter. I don't think he did. Shooting <laughs> <laughs> a flight case and all the rest of that. his dick. No, no, he was, but it was mental. He just went, he just went stratospheric at that point. Yeah. Um, and like, and it was just, it was wild. Like, he, he actually had, he had more people. At that tent at Rockness, than the bands did. I like the Chemical Brothers. <laughs> no Chemical Brothers, I like that. But I, th- I think, and I'm not brown nosing you here, mate. I think mm. you've not been a support act because you're that funny. It's because I was always drunk. Everybody's drunk, though. <laughs> Everybody's an alky bastard, mate. I'm seven years sober. <laughs> oh, this oh, what have I done? That's oh, all right. Of course, I've just taken down the bird of peace. That's all right. Is that going to fall? Maybe. Should I fix that? No, I just just get a wee. I don't know why I screamed there. It's only a photo. Well, but it's a bird of peace. 
Yeah. That's like heavy bad karma. The Catholic dove. The Catholic dove. <laughs> the Catholic dove in a fight. <laughs> it's melting on the wall behind you. Why did you bring this sinner into the studio? No, but I think people don't get you as a support act. And I've said this on the podcast. When comedians are doing tours or they need a support act, I think people are insecure. They want so, somebody shite. Aye. And I'm too good. And you're not shite. You're not shite. Do you know? But that, like on your no, day. No. Like me and him were stoning at the back. Obviously, I'm no insecure, right? Like, but you smashed the gig right. at the order. But, but then, surely the point is then you have to then go like that. Right. I don't want to look like I can't. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, I'm not saying that you didn't try any different. But you, you go, it should, in theory, do you know what I mean? If you're, it's, I don't know, in a sporting term, like you want to be considered, do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're the main attraction, so you've got to then up your game. It's like if you're, if you're any comedy bill, mm-hmm. if the open spot fucking smashes it, you're like, oh, yeah, bastard, yeah. Right, I need to, yeah. I need to then up my game. But I would never. No, saying that, that that's. No, I no. think that's a healthy thing. To it's, go. it's absolutely healthy because first and foremost, people are paying money for a ticket. So I want the show to be incredible from start to finish, right? But there's never a way that I'm never going to do that to a punter that I'm going to get a shite comedian. And I was standing at the back watching you like that was the perfect performance. I need to be on anyway, my game. Anyway. Do you know I don't hear these stuff when I was like, I know it does sound <laughs> like that, but um, I know that sometimes I go and see Scottish comedians and they've got support acts on, and I'm like, that cunt looks like he's been hit with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. No, I mean, but I just, I've always, I get, and right, you and I are quick because, well, you and I enjoy rummaging around and the undergrowth and the filth, right. <laughs> So that I'd, what I'm saying is, you and I probably don't. It's probably, you know, you and I probably don't compliment anybody else. You know I mean? <laughs> like, like, I, like, like, you can't even say somebody take. Well, I bought a ticket for Ray Bradshaw, right? And you know, love Ray, loves right? But you can take your granny to see Ray, right? They're going to be perfectly happy. They, they don't need <laughs> you and I on talking about. <laughs> Aye. Do you know what I mean? Aye. But, uh, granny's not going to get by. You know, you, you want granny to get by the interval. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Whereby folk that are coming to see you, they watch this, you know, which which that's what I loved. Like how many folk that came for the podcast, I was like, in comparison to Scott Squad. Yeah. So, like, I thought your ratios. Just as you were kind of asking, that was really, really impressive. Yes. You know I mean, that you've got a good, honest, solid following on this. Yeah. That are your people, our people. <laughs> I found it quite funny as well throughout the whole tour because there was a couple of nervous gigs. Like, I was nervous about East Bride. I was nervous about. Um, there was a couple of other ones I was quite shaky about. And I'm standing with Scott on the side of the stage dead behind the eyes, no emotion, gain it, go out, talk about the cocksucking, go out, talk about, get them filth, get them filth, Scott, please, <laughs> as filthy as possible, please. <laughs> You're like, all right, all right, I'll give them my filth, I'll give them my filth. Going out to East Bride to a room full of old cunts, like, sucking and fucking and poking and wagging, I'm like, mayor, mayor, give them mayor. I was like conducting you, more, mayor cocksucking. Uh, <laughs> but no, that because but by the way, 
this is, I think what's first, I think sometimes we're a bit ageist when it comes to old folk, right? Because mm-hmm. some, because some of the old old ones are proper dirty bastards. They've done it all. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't want you, you don't want to do the parody of sort of Camden Bars or woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I love you, know, you know. <laughs> but there's there's lots of older folk like that. Do you know? They're just dirty, filthy bastards. Aye, they're no they're no daft. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Gigging a, I don't know. I don't know. Gigging a sex club. Right, it was a woman's forty. Right? Wow. And um, they were fucking. And them that were done. The, the last it was having the fortieth. She was a bit youngest. The rest of my old dirty old bastards. <laughs> Loving it. Oh, very distracting here on stage. Those two guys get their hands up this woman's fucking skirt. Oh, were aye. the strippers? No, they, they, no, they were just. There was. I was on. I was on stage performing stand up. Right, mm-hmm. so so she had kind of cabaret acts on. Right, and I'd done a bit of stand up, but just the audience were sitting like that. Wow. What are you? Why am I getting hard on right now? I don't know. Was that <laughs> What's you, that? You tell me. You tell what me. was it that? <laughs> I, I need to get on a sex club circuit. <laughs> I know a guy that was a naked butler. Oh, well. And he used to tell you some fucking stories, man. <sighs> about like, got to 21st and the granny's fucking taking them into a room and trying to get blowjobs and all sorts of craziness, <laughs> man. So, uh, you're right, mate. I think the dirtier they get. The older they get, aye. I, I mean, it was... It, it was quite. It was quite an eye opener, and I'm, and I did. I wasn't doing this as a young man. This was only in the last five years, so my horizons were pretty, pretty broad at this point. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And and even I'm kind of going, oh, trying to get paid. And I'm like, that was right. but just okay, you know, start to get to this. It's getting a bit much. And I'm like, where's surname? The booked it. And oh, she's she's up the stairs somewhere, and then you got way up the stairs, right? And all, all the rooms were all different. It was like film sets, were all different film sets. There was like a, there was like a school, there was like a school classroom, there was like a medical suite, so there was right. Uh, there was like a church, I think it was a church. I think it was a church, but it was all different. So, uh, and I'm like, where's what's her name? And she's in she's in that room there, right? She's in the rope room. I'm like, what's the rope room? <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Two ropes tied in her tits. <laughs> Two guys pulling her back and I'm like that. Just to get squared up. <laughs> just to get squared up. But she's like, oh, she's like, she went, I can't even know. But my pasta's there, my handbag's there. Just go in. Just your your name's in the envelope. That's fine. You enjoy the rest of your fortieth. <laughs> Mixed stretch tits off the wall. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good night. I, 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 I don't know if I can name the place. I don't know if it's a legal thing or an illegal thing. Tell me after. I can tell you later. <laughs> they can maybe sponsor next year's <laughs> next week's podcast. Next podcast. We had that Bobby Fish Scott squad in here doing a fucking <laughs> tight hour at the top. Had his tits on a rope. Oh, so how's the year been with you for gigging then? Because I started back gigging on January the third. Your January third. I was. I was a month later, I was February 4th, that was my big comeback gig, <laughs> dude, <laughs> styled it like, what was it, was it the comeback, the, the 22 comeback special I called it, because I'd obviously been off, I'd had, uh, I'd had the heart attack in the September, heart attack did three times, so just as everybody was getting back to their work, and everybody was going back gigging, uh, I had my heart attack, and 
And I couldn't do anything. That was a couple of months before you, your first gig, you had the heart attack. I, that was, I had my heart attack on the 7th of September, 21. Yeah. It was so, uh, my first gig back, I went for uh, February the 4th. It was so, uh, just, because I'd actually given up. I wasn't coming back to stand up. I'd made my mind up I wasn't doing it again through the pandemic. Yeah. And I hated everything. Um, I was the same. And I wasn't going to come near it, which is why I wasn't that bothered. Then seeing I had a heart attack and had some new material. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, it was, like, I just realised like, it's always important to have a goal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I need to, f I need to work towards, I need to have something. Because it wasn't as if I'd given up stand-up and had another plan of what I was going to do. You know, or go and do another job. I was, you know, I hadn't really got that far. Um, but then, well, no, we just need to buy and do it. So, mm -hmm. so that, that was my first one back. It was the fourth in, in Wild Cabaret, or number 18, as it's called now. Um, but it was just, it was cheeky. I was, I thought, well, it's, I don't know how long I'll manage. I'll just try and talk about what I've done. So, so if, you, if you know I haven't done anything, I ended up doing two 45-minute spots. It's like, ah, yeah, God, I think, God, I did. Could you shut me up? Do you honestly fuck? Like, if it wasn't for the audience, you know what I mean? Like, the audience would just get too tired and the room was quiet. I'd have done more. It was like, I was, I was, I'd still hadn't done everything I was intending to say. Amazing. So I was, and then, I was like, you know, bless them, my, my uh, sign language interpreter had, like, because because obviously he hadn't heard the show before because it hadn't been written, do you know what I mean? And he's like, and I knew there were some guys coming uh, uh, that, that needed the interpreter. So I was like, can you do us a favour, come up? I'd come back. And I worked with B. Ian Hodgetts all the time. It's brilliant fun. Um, so was like, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the sign line was for a dry fingering. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's it. <laughs> <laughs> got to pull the face wow. so they know it's dry <laughs> oh wow <laughs> right so what with her modes but I was <laughs> so I was so I was just yattering on and yattering on with her uh, and he couldn't get a minute's couldn't get a minute's piece and he had a pint of Guinness and he thought I'd stop for a second and he went to pick up his pint of Guinness just to you know, for, uh, and I started again and he automatically started signing so he smashed the pint of Guinness over the stage which was then do you know what I mean see as soon as you get Physical comedy like that, like, and you get that big laugh, there's nothing you're going to say is going to be funnier. Aye. So you're like that, right, just wind up the bit of material that you've been doing because you've been talking for nearly two hours now. That's impressive, mate. So yeah. that was longer than a two and a half year break then. That must have been about two years and eight months, maybe. The last I was on the stage would have been the 14th of March, 2020. Um, Saturday? Saturday. I done a wee lunchtime thing, a lunchtime chat show on the Sunday, but it doesn't count. But the last was um, on the Saturday night in, in Blackfriars basement because it was a Glasgow Comedy Festival uh, late club that was in there. So that was like a week before the lockdown? That was a week before the lockdown. Aye. So it was, but then essentially everything got pulled the next day because um, I was to remember because the festival director, Sarah Watson, was literally sitting in the Sunday like that, just waiting and just waiting and Sturgeon making an announcement going, anything over a certain number, cancel, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so essentially the thing got cancelled on the Sunday afternoon. So that was... Wow. But I had a, 
I had I had a big I had to get a tooth. I had a big I had to get a tooth removed. I had a big toothache. So my dentist went like that. And he pulled he pulled a molar out. Um and he went, We're probably locking down, just you stay in the house went, this week because you've got a big hole in your head. Um so you probably end up catching something and <laughs> don't. So I kinda was locked down like a week before. Wow. Did you have you had COVID? Twice. Twice. I was COVID that caused the first heart attack. Wow, I never knew that. That was it. was COVID that caused the first heart attack. I had been self-isolating for 10 days. Self-isolating for 10 days, get my wee, you can get out of this sort of thing. Um, and then I walked, went to the salt market, and I'm like, oh, I'm no well, I'm no well. Because see, see, when you did have the heart attack, there was uh, obviously, I need to be careful with my words here, there is people in the Scottish comedy industry that I love and respect. It's kind of like, <laughs> I'll compare it to Blade. And then, have, have and you, then there are people that you had. Have you seen the film Blade? Uh-huh. Right, you know how you get vampires <laughs> and then you get half human, half vampires, <laughs> and then you get the fucking goblins uh, that live in stanks? Uh-huh. <laughs> right, so the real nice people all rallied around you, mm-hmm. but then all these goblin vampires appeared out of nowhere. Cunts that have not done gigs in 10 years said, Are you here about Anya? Anya had a heart attack. We're all going up to his Let's get a taxi up to his <laughs> So I made a decision on the spot to like, uh, I'll, I'll send you a message of love, obviously. Right. Step oh, back. And then I when have... things get back to normal, I'll talk to you. Oh, it was, I mean, because it, well, it was kind of, because I never was, never happened. I never knew it would happen, but um, I think I only told about four or five folk. Um, you know, after it happened, obviously my mom and my sister knew because they were up. Um, but as far as my sort of circle, and, um, and then somebody in the boozer that I drink in suddenly puts up <laughs> uh, thoughts and prayers at this difficult time. Um, you know, we'll, 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 you know, we'll keep a vigil for them, right? Like, and I was like, so that then went stupid on Facebook and it ended up in the Daily Record, which is the only time the Daily Record ever write about me is when I've got problems with my health. <laughs> I can't I get them to do a fucking story about me, about a gig I'm doing, you know, advertising yeah. gig. But it's, I'm no interest enough the rest of the time. Nobody knows who I am, right? So the fact that something bad happens to me, they want to report that. <laughs> it's like, you know, so like, oh, oh, and they, you know, Oh, he's had a heart attack. So that was all over the daily record. Yeah. And you're like, what, what interest is it? If, if nobody knows me, do you know what I mean? I'm not important enough for me reporting the rest of the year. Like, so don't, don't, don't report when I've had a bad turn. But I couldn't believe I, I ran them at the bar. He'd obviously hear, he'd obviously bumped into somebody, mm-hmm. which that's fine. You know what I mean? But to then, Probably going around thoughts and prayers for everybody, and you know, from everybody for, and that's a nice thing for folk to say. But that reminds me of my mom. See, anytime I go and see my mom, she's like, "You'll never guess who's did." 
My mom loves a heart attack. <laughs> You'll never guess who's dead. Are you praying for a heart attack before next year's Glasgow Comedy Festival then? So the Daily Record, do you have your Just a wee bit of publicity, just anything. Do you know what I mean, I'm not, I can't joke about things like that. I mean, I did joke about it, but Aye, I can't. It's, it's particularly with the weight having piled back on. Do you know what I mean? That chlamydia then? Uh, it's just a <laughs> fucking chance of chlamydia. <laughs> over the, although, the thing is, probably like. But in the process of trying to get chlamydia, I would probably bring on the heart attack. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Because I think I was actually close to a heart attack earlier that year. Because I had been having a, I had a very disastrous fucking uh, evening of romance with a wee guy. A guy. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, do you know just want to lie and hug? <laughs> do you see the way he's just lying and hug? What's wrong with you? I'm like, <laughs> Is right, so obviously Scott has had some amazing names for some of his shows, right? <laughs> is your next show what's that named? Oh no, that's it's not really that exciting. So the show I'm doing in March, I'm just I've just called Recovering Dead Guy. Right? Yeah. It's not very exciting, but it gets to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I'm doing that show at Blackfriars, uh, and that is on I think it's a twenty twenty sixth, it doesn't matter, but it's, just Google Scott Agnew Blackfriars Comedy Festival. Uh, but I'm also doing my 2020 show. Um, what should have been at the Fringe in 2020? Um, that's just called Scott Agnew The Lost Show. But the original title of that show was uh, Until the until the Council Got Complaint About the Smell, right? <laughs> which is, which <laughs> ironically, because <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a kind of double meaning, right? Until the council sort of complaint about the smell was us when I used to be a journalist was something that you always occasionally would have to write when you were reporting about some poor old guy that'd been found dead, mm-hmm. right? And he'd been lying there for weeks, right? And Mister Mr. Anderson lay there until the council got a complaint about the smell. Right? <laughs> Which I always thought was possibly one of the most depressing sentences that you could ever write. So I had this fear about fucking dying on your own sort of thing. But also it was um it's Possibly when we were following the drugs and at the sex parties, I say we, you weren't there with us, but it's like, I'd be on that until the council got a complaint about it. <laughs> so it had a double meaning because it talks about both ends of it. Do you know what I mean? I'm starting to realise how the both ways have no made it. <laughs> no, just felt, I know. No, because that one, but that, that, so that 2020 show, that's on it. I'm doing that at room two. Uh, that's on this Thursday, 16th of March. And that's yep. <laughs> because that's um uh, I mean that's that is so that it's kinda it's my drug sobriety story, right? Um because the other two shows that I'd done it was, it was kinda a trilogy that ended up never getting to be a trilogy because uh well like twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen very definitely followed on for one another and then I was supposed to go to the fringe twenty twenty and that was gonna be the kind of end of that type of show, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about like, at that period between like, of me trying to get sober, so it was, you know, because I was I was using crystal meth, I was injecting crystal meth, but it was, there was the relapses on and off and, you know, how you could experiment with other things. So this, and then there was, there's the particular thing that happened that finally, finally got me off crystal meth and I've never touched it ever since right yeah. um so that that was going to be the sort of full stop 
So that show's only been performed like four times, five times, um, like just in warm up, like work in progress shows. But I'm going to, but I want to record it for audio because there's there's bits that I just really there's just bits that I find funny myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just and it's and I've, and it's probably if any it would probably be the show that would be out the lot would be the most kind of disgusting. Like you could definitely couldn't put it anywhere. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah. Oh, you could. Well, you can now. You could release it yourself now, but it's, it was never going to go into any kind of commercial success. Well, <laughs> taking a tour, and well, that. I'll but be just, there as a punter, mate, and I'm looking forward to it. And then, right, just while I'm doing my plugs, I might as well do the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm doing. Well, Scott Agnew's Mankey Minced Waddle, right? I. <laughs> 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 uh, so it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday afternoon. Twenty sixth of March. Twenty sixth of March. Of course, right? of course. Sunday afternoon. Twenty sixth of March. We start at uh, Max's basement, La Chita, right, um, in Queen Street. So basically, what it is is a walking. It's just a, a walking tour round about sort of city centre, Clydeside, uh, Salt Market, Trongate, uh, and it's it's where some of my my favourite stories for twenty two years of doing stand up. So you'll hear me tell the stories in the place where they actually happened, sort oh, of right. thing. Um, so there's various cruising alleyways and avenues to go up. Um, there's certain boozers we'll go by. Um, you know, so it just just different stories. So I, you can only I can only do it here at Glasgow. So uh, I mean, man came in, spotted a couple of hours just walking around <laughs> about, uh, and you'll I'll tell the stories. If, so if, if you know my stuff. You maybe know I've heard some of these stories for years. Mm-hmm. If you don't know me and you just like my filth and you want to be a bit of a tour of Glasgow, it's a proper alternative tour of Glasgow because it's history that's only fucking important to me, yeah. but it should be quite funny. No, that'll be funny as fuck, mate. I'm looking <laughs> forward to see the Black fly- Flyer show. Aye, aye. I mean, if you're looking for that to get filmed, Paul can film that, mate. I shall sort something. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, like. I'll, I'll thing me that for people. So it's The Lost Shows at Room 2, Thursday the 16th of March at 8pm uh-huh. then we've got Recovering Dead Guy which is at Blackfriars Basement in the 24th of March at 8pm and then you've got Scott Agnew's Mankey Mince Waddle which is at Maxie's Basement starts there that sounds amazing by the way Sunday the 26th of March at 3pm I walk into there thank you there you go mate you're a star oh, at 3pm utter filth utter filth at 3pm <laughs> Sunday well, afternoon the thing was I'd actually I had, to, I had to get in touch with the office because I'd originally scheduled it for the previous Sunday and they're like no that's Mother of the Sunday and I'm like I, there's nobody's taking them all in a man came in swaddled you know what I mean I'll just get abandoned so like, I'll never sell a ticket so Mama would I'd take would my like? and she'd like, <laughs> he had a heart attack he was dead three times and I'd be like I know Mum calm down for fuck's sake <laughs> well, I, well essentially all the exciting things that have happened in my life have happened in like one square mile do you know what I mean <laughs> like like, like, the like, it is, it's like, like, like Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> just like, just whatever, which is why I love, I love where I live, right? I love, yeah. I love the salt market, I love the Mercer City, I love, you know, like Gallagher. It's just, but that's everything significant happened to me, mm. like, has happened in that square mile. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean, like, I even contracted HIV in that square mile, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I can, I'll take you to that and I'll point out, and that's when I go, you know, no day now. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting part of Glasgow, but see if maybe like, 
say, for High Street to the Haleman's Umbrella. Aye. Along that Trongate bit. Aye. And down to the Clyde. It's great. It's a melting pot, man. It's, it's probably, you know, and it's like, because what you've still, you've still got tons of, uh, like housing association houses, right? Mm-hmm. You've, got, you've got housing association houses, so you've got the old school that have been there for years. Do you know what I mean? Um, you've got, you know, you've also got sort of a lot of supported accommodation, a lot of hostels, but you've also, like, literally the fact that it's told to me charges like nine hundred thirty-five pound a month, right, for a one-bedroom uh-huh. flat, but it's a, it's sold as an executive let sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? So you've got that high-end living cheek bejowl with so you, you know you're you know ordinary working folk you know folk that are just mental do you know what i mean and you've got folk that have got addiction issues but you've got then you've also got like there's tons of students loads of artists i mean so like folk got all oh, its roughest or oh, your bit's rough as fuck but then uh, if you come down salt market but there's, there's there's two there's three galleries there do you know what i mean um there's you know a libyan and syrian restaurant um, there's a, I think there's an Albanian re- restaurant across the road. Do you know what I mean, there was there was a Russian restaurant, f- four vegan cafes. Do you know what I mean, CBD. retro clothes shop, CBD shop. Do you know what I mean, lovely Joe down the stairs and is it Zen and is Zen then? Do you know what I mean? So like you've got this real mixture of kind of artists, kind of ordinary shops, still proper old school boozers like the Ship Bank and and uh, the Winds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cannons, you know, you've just, but you've got, you've got the thirteen snow. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's a, one of the best vegan bar restaurants in the UK. Yeah. So you've got this beautiful mono. Do you know what I mean? You've got this beautiful mix of everything, and it's all right there in your doorstep. So I don't thought, oh, it's rough, it's rough. I've been there, I've been there seven years now, and I've lived there, you know, previously as well. Um, I've never had any. I mean, I, don't, I get I'm six foot five and twenty five stone. You don't get bothered many places, but I don't even I don't tend to even witness much in the way of bother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You hear the odds, folks shouting and screaming, but that's uh, all right, man. It's lovely. I love it down there, man. It's just, I used to love Paddy's Market. I. Right, I mean, you're right beside it. I you? like, like literally. Look, if it was still there, I would look into it from my house. You know I mean, um, just just stuff like that's it's tremendous, you know, and I hope. When I get my mom, and you get for things improving and all the rest of it, but I hope it doesn't lose too much yet. I think we're just at that nice tipping point in the yeah. minute. Do you know what's funny? Like, see, when we did the Zenden sponsorship and I was doing the, the graphic, I was like, where the fuck is Bridgegate? <laughs> I know. And then it twigged in my head. Oh, it's the Brigitte. It's the Brigitte. I know. <laughs> I, was I, was like, I know. It's funny how it's, it's all written out properly. It's put it in uh, the right way. Bridgegate. Bridgegate. Like, you know, it's like, that's the actual Brigitte. Brigitte. But it was just like, oh, I've, told, I've told this story on stage for years you've got like the first place and like I just fell in love with it that's me but like, right son son you know how's it you know what I mean can you do me a favour and you're like oh, here we go do you know how it's always like I'm going to borrow like 37 pence for my bus and it's always going hundreds of miles you know what I mean it's always a specific number and hundreds of miles and she's like, <laughs> she's like yeah. and I'm going to like it's going to be like 37 pence for a bus to Turfican or something like that and she goes in there and she's 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 in 
just got, I don't know, Kirby grip and a quarter of a fruit poem in with a pub on it and all this. <laughs> Can you do me a favour, son? You've not got four pound coins, have you? Like, no, no, what are you needing four pound coins for? Well, you couldn't, you couldn't go in there and get me four golden cutlets, could you? <laughs> when we went to the fish shop, I went to the fish shop and get us four golden cutlets, could you? Well, how, you know, get them yourself. I'm bad, right? Now, how you get bad at a fish shop, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> You're bad at a fish shop, aye. <laughs> I was like, aye. I went, bought a four golden cutlets there. But it's just, you know, that's just beautiful. What has she been doing? You know what I mean? And I just fell in love with the place. And obviously it has to reach a breaking point to get barbed as well. Aye. It's not just instantly barbed. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point, I know, so I've got away in with the four pound coins and the fish mongers like, it's that for that old bitch inside. Oh <laughs> get it <laughs> Is that the place <laughs> at the alley you're talking about? The... Aye, up the alley, aye, fish aye. place. It's been there for about 30 years. It's been there for millions of years, man. Aye. Um, which is, which is, and the thing is, I don't eat fish, so I've heard, Nothing but wonderful things about it, but mm -hmm. I don't eat fish. And then the other in one... All, spa, all aspects of your life, you don't I, I, eat fish. I, I, I never eat anything from the sea, my dear. Anything, <laughs> anything from the sea or smells like the sea. <laughs> it's an absolute no. <laughs> um, then you've got around the corner as well, in the sort of way, uh, the Valdoro chip shop, right? Which, if you... The Valdoro chip shop is superb, man. Uh, but you've got Lu Luigi... Who sings opera, right? Um, if you see, you must have seen Luigi. Luigi will just batter it opera songs, but excuse the excuse the pun. He batters it opera. Batters it opera songs. You'll go in and you'll give it Ness and Dorma, Ness and Dorma, and it's like proper Art Deco, old sort of old school, proper Glasgow Italian cafe. You know, I've never been in there. Oh, I need there. to go. Uh, and I've I forgot the big man's name. Um, he's he's like he likes an argument. You know what I mean? He enjoys a he enjoys a conspiracy theory as well. Oh, okay. And he's got there's like we conspiracy theory guys going as well. Um, and they all stand discuss their conspiracy. So that's it's, if you get him on his own, he's good fun. But you don't want to get you don't want to be more yeah. handed. What's it called fun. again? The Valdoro. The Valdoro. And and their their social support is tremendous. And they're a good family. They've been there for years and years and years. You used to remember Tivoli's? It was on just opposite Argos. Yeah, yes, it rings and, a bell. Aye. aye, they used to have that as well. Um, that's now. Is that theirs as well? Is that that the was theirs. It was the same family. Right. Aye. aye, I remember that. Aye. It was like a very sort of dark chip show. Aye, 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 the, the brown, uh -huh. uh, the brown frosted glass. Uh -huh. You know, uh, tinted, tinted glass. Uh -huh. But it was, but it was, it was cracking. Um, I forgot that man's name, um, but no. Just a great wee place. Anyway, this is what we were talking. We were talking about filth. No, we're talking about no, you're supper. fucking talking about uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's in my best conversation in life, mate. Food sausage and supper. filth. Full of food and filth. Well, his, his sausage suppers are brilliant because there's nothing. There's no many chippies around that way anymore. Because mm. the wee city cafe, they're gone. Two Italian boys that owned that sold up, and the family took over. Never lasted. They just. Get... Anyway, I'm just. Reminiscing about running getting flashbacks. I know, just look at that. It's because you brought me to the West End, right? Aye. And I'm out my square mile. I'm out my square mile and I'm raging. <laughs> reminiscing. I've only been out of the place an hour and that. I want to get back to the salt market. <laughs> Take me back to the salt market. I miss it. So, how do you feel since uh, your heart attacks then? Do you feel 
you feel like you're back to a hundred percent? I'm feeling. I'm feeling loads better than what I was for the few years before the heart attack. Um, I was feeling knackered all the time, uh, really, really like so sluggish, just really no well, you know. Um, had the heart attack, we've put the stent in, um, and I'm feeling a lot brighter. Do you know what I mean? A lot more alert. Like the number of things. I mean, I just, it just got. I was cancelling things all the time, you know. Um, you were just. Because you were just tired, the mm. idea of doing anything like, was just so you weren't making any plans or you were avoiding, um, excuse me, that's, that's cold. That's all right. <clears throat> um, so you were just avoiding doing stuff because you were just feeling crap and tired all the time. Um, like, and then even when you were forcing yourself out, you would jump, you would go for a shower and you'd come out of the shower like that. I'm fucking knackered, do you know what I mean? Just wanting your bed. Yeah. Um, so, hi, I'm feeling a lot better. Feeling kind of capable and able to do things again. Um, so feeling, and I have piled, I lost, lost weight after the heart attack and I fucked my foot and, uh, and I was trying to get some solution to that. Fucking start walking again. But even though I've put the weight back on I'm not feeling the way I'd felt pre-heart attack yeah but that's because I'm getting full I'm probably getting blood flow run about me which is nice I don't worry about the weight you can sort that out eventually uh, but it's, it's I'm just going to have to get but no, see the annoying thing is like, like I managed to lose tons of weight because of the drugs that was how I stayed thin mm-hmm. that was a secret in my twenties and thirties, the American diet. <laughs> yeah. As um, what was it? As Liberace called it. You on the American diet? <laughs> Full of speed. Love is called. How long have you been half the meth for? <laughs> uh, the last time would have been late twenty seventeen. Was the last I done. Right. So, so it was actually it was probably it was between it was between Christmas and New Year. 17 and 18. Right. So that was that was the last time um, done that. I could probably date it if I actually went and looked at the what the dates were. And you you have a sobriety date with drugs with that? So you class I, yourself sober? I, 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 I could class myself drugs sober. Aye, good. Um, and and, I, and the, the, <laughs> the thing was, the interest, so no other drugs are interesting. Like, I know I, I can't anyway now because of my heart, but even... With that, see if you've been injecting something. There's no point in having cocaine or something like that. So, well, have I? You'd be smoking with fucking talcum powder because it had, like, the stuff I'd been using was so powerful, it had such an effect that anything else was just. Then you touch your sides, pal, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, it, there, was, there was no point in dabbling anything else. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't of wasn't the interest. So. Because. Crack was that good? Like, well, crystal meth was that good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> was crystal meth so was like an Eckies, like a fucking biscuit, basically? I, I, it would just make you feel... It wouldn't, it wouldn't have the, the effect I would, I would have been looking for. Yeah. It didn't appeal the way that that had appealed. Because um, I'd always dabbled in other stuff, but I never got addicted to anything. You know, but I got addicted to that. Yeah. 
You get your wee Glasgow grannies that are like, oh, you've put the weight on. You're like, I don't smoke fucking meth anymore. <laughs> I know. It's like, I was like, that with my twenty first. I lost a lot of weight for my twenty first birthday, right? Just, and my family were like, how come you can't get back down to that? And I was like, because I don't take cocaine anymore. <laughs> That's why. And it's 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 terrible that you have to kind of yeah spell it out like that. But that was. That's why it was that size. That's you start getting mad weight on a Thursday and you don't eat to Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, and like, it was, that was, that, and you were, you know, I was, you were in the middle of mad sex parties. So you were shagging for five days. So there was like constant cardiovascular <laughs> exercise ongoing as well. So you think of the calorie deficit and all that movement, <laughs> like, you're not getting your hose much either. Do you know what I mean? Like, Aye. so there's, there's a, been a huge, Imbalance, sort of calorie deficit. I wasn't eating and I was moving lots. No, I'm eating lots and no moving. So yeah. that's how I'm 25. There's definitely going. some sort of like sketch here where like <laughs> the, the Scott Agnew method and like <laughs> online PT and with Scott Agnew, all you need is grinder and some fucking meth, meth. and you're sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, drop for that, you know. But that was, that was, that was what it was, man. All um, the comedians will be like, because HIV heart attack uh-huh. and 25 stone uh-huh. all the comedians would be like that's some fucking festival show he's gonna have <laughs> <laughs> well that's i mean i mean i am I, I mean, hiv positive as well that was that was my 2016 show um and that that was uh because i'd kind of uh, through through the addiction and whatnot i'd kind of dropped off the map after about 12 2012 i had a show in 2012 the Edinburgh Fringe it went really well thought it was going to go places never went anywhere and a million things in my life kind of fell apart all at the one time uh, and I was kind of I just sort of disappeared I had a I mean I managed to do a Fringe show in 2013 but I was fucked I mean it was really fucked it went to the point I had to I had to cancel a performance because it took me two and a half hours to walk to the show because I had I'd been injecting bath salts. Um, wow, man. And everything. Well, I don't know why I giggled there, man. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Woof. And it took, like, what would have been a 15, 20 minute walk for the house to the, uh, to the, the gig. And I, and it was, it was Stephen Kamos and his partner were in the green room and, but I was literally, well, you know, you, you, you know how they, you see people taking the piss out of those poor guys on YouTube. Somebody filmed them walking and all like that. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into the dressing room like that, and I remember Big Stephen Camus going, "Do you know what I mean? Like, I hadn't really noticed anybody. Certainly, it was nobody I knew, but I knew him. You know, so I knew what he would normally, how he would normally react to seeing me, <laughs> and he didn't give me that reaction. It was that kind of." Are you doing your show this evening? I'm doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, uh, all right, right, fair enough. Do you like a cup of tea? No, I'll be all right. Just tell him more. <laughs> 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 uh, and, <clears throat> wow. Just be having more. <laughs> and that's how I thought, I, I thought, and I thought I was talking normally. And where they, they, put, they put the show up and I walked on stage and it wasn't, until I was at the mic and I could hear how I sounded coming back to me. And there was about 12 folk in the audience and I'm like, 
it's an absolute disgrace. And like an audience just staring at you going, Oh, of course it's Edinburgh. Like, oh, this is very conceptual. He's going. Do you know what I mean? There'll be a pullback in the veil, and I'm like, <laughs> "Whoa!" I think Water. I, I was on stage for eight minutes. And I went, "I don't think this is going to work this evening. Just go and see a bit of refunds." <laughs> wow! Standard ovation. Oh, wow! <coughs> Beautiful. Shocking, man. So that was. It was getting out of hand at that point. What was the come down like that day? I don't particularly remember it. I mean, I remember, I remember just going home, like being utterly ashamed, you know, and getting back to where I was staying and taking myself out of bed uh, and managing to managing to kind of sleep. Um, and I sort of skip in the next day. So fuck all what happened. Like, I <laughs> bit of sore throat yesterday. <laughs> bit, bit under the weather. I was a bit under the weather yesterday. <laughs> no, you made a right content, but nobody would say anything. Do you know what I mean? Because they just want you to be there for the rest of the run. Like, don't upset him. He's fine today. Do you know what I mean? That's what. Yeah. The, <clears throat> How do you end up injecting bath salts? There was a thing you could get them at a head shop in Leith. They were. Bath salts, right? They weren't right. actual bath salts, right. but With then spice and all uh, these uh, types uh, of things. Uh, fuck knows what it was. Right. I mean, it was like, like you would you would lie down and you could sort of you, you could feel your like your jaw turn into a line and things like that. It was like you know you like you're getting <laughs> like lines made and things like that, and you would be lying in the carpet and you thought you were in the grass. Do you know what I mean? Like you're in the right. dry, like, like just everything sort of moving. <laughs> was that legal highs? <clears throat> it was at the time it was I legal. Never legal highs, weren't they? Wow. And they were selling you, I mean, fucking weapons grade anything. You never really knew what you were getting. It was like, yeah. there you go. And like, over the shop with them. Yeah. Um, I took legal speed one night and I had a very bad experience. I nearly that, ended up in the hospital with it. Okay, yeah. And what it was at like Glasgow Green. Was just, would you... What were you up to? Uh, it was uh, the gigs and the, the, you know, the, what was it? Glasgow Green, the gig? Um, no, trans, what, what is now Transmit, but you talk about like gig in the green. Aye, oh, aye, aye, aye. aye, so it was like oh, my was pals had some way. legal speed, Green was, Day was and all that. that. Green Day and Eminem. Oh, that was Big Day Out on the green. That was the year that Green Day aye. did it. Aye. My pal was like, do you want some legal speed that's legal? It's all right. Yeah, yeah, and right. then cut to five hours later I'm, I'm curled up in a ball in an ice cold shower like <laughs> phone in the ambulance <laughs> phone in the ambulance I'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it, uh, I was always kind of in amongst that circuit it became the most like you could get away like, you were expecting people to turn up at a certain time to pick something up you know or, or expecting some a deal or something mm-hmm. and then you know, I said, where were they? Oh, done to do it. Oh, you done to do it. Is that, that was it. That, no, you know, no further explanation was required. They had done to do it. Like, it was just, they'd taken too many drugs and done to do it. Aye. <laughs> and nobody questioned it. It was like, oh, that was, as if that's the most acceptable excuse. But only in that world was that acceptable. Because you imagine, why were you not at your work? Done to do it. Oh, that's fine. Right? I mean, Aye. like, that, uh-huh. right? but in that world, it was like, nobody got, like it would take days to get anything organised. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because people were done all over the place and need to get angry. Oh, because they done to do it. That was that. I always find that ridiculous. amazing. Done to do it. 
So see, for people that's listening to the podcast, would I, it be all right for you to explain HIV? Because I, I, I was, I, I hold I, my hand up, I was confused by it as right. well. I never knew that there was two. Well, uh, well you've, you've, HIV is the virus uh, which, if left untreated, will develop into AIDS-acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Um, excuse me. Uh, and HIV... Essentially, you know, well, AIDS will allow for opportunistic infections, you know, weakens your immune system, and, uh, you know, left untreated, eventually, you know, you, 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 would, you would pass away. Um, HIV, you know, uh, unwhilst treated, um, so I take one tablet a day, um, and that allows me, I'll live as long as happy a life as, as anybody else, depending how, <laughs> how I look after myself, you know, um, as long as there's no any other heart attacks in the pipeline. But I take one tablet a day, and that suppresses the virus to such a level that it does me no harm, and it also means that I can't pass the virus on um, through any of the sort of normal routes. So that would be, you know, through vaginal, anal, sex, um, you know, you know, like, like, Cuts or you know, yeah, or even um, if I was a if I was a woman, I couldn't transfer it to my to my baby either, mother to baby. Um, so because it you know the tablet suppresses the virus to such an extent, it's you know it, it does you no harm. That's what's known as undetectable because um, there's so few traces of the copy, of the virus in your system that it can't be detected, it can't be seen by by the the methods they used to look it up. Wow. Um, so, so that's it's not a cure, um, but it's as it's as near as damn it. So it is. Yeah. Um, that was that that was an un, unintended um, side effect. They didn't realise. They thought that the antiretroviral drugs that, that they were giving people, you know, that were HIV positive, was just something that would keep them alive, and keep them well. And then they realised there was kind of anecdotal evidence that these guys who had HIV weren't passing, that knew they were HIV and on this medication weren't passing it on. So they went and done a big study um, to see, you know, like, oh, right, no, this actually stops the transference of it. So now, so let's put it in, let's, let's use Glasgow terms. So see if you're a mad shagger, right? And, um, and you're not using you know, what, what traditional methods like contraception, or you think you've come into contact with somebody that might have, you know, an HIV infection that, that you're, you know, who don't, who don't know that they're HIV positive, um, you can get yourself PrEP, uh, which is a pre-exposure prophylaxis. You can go on a course of that, or you can take PEP, which is a post-exposure pro prophylaxis. Uh, if you take that 72 hours after exposure, that reduces your risk of catching HIV, uh, Contracting HIV, uh, prep would be something you would maybe take on a kind of more routine basis. If you know you're away for a pure mad shagging weekend and you're shagging everything, um, so, wow. so you could take prep, and that that's the same drug that I take, but it would prevent a non you know somebody without HIV from contracting HIV. Yeah. Um, so there's a real possibility, um, you know, in the next you know ten years, there'll be no new. HIV infections in Scotland, you know, I mean wow. the numbers, the numbers are already dramatically less 
over the year, the year that I contracted HIV was 2015. Uh, and if I'm no mistaken, I think that year was about a record high, which would probably do a number of things, but um, it was about an explosion in the kind of chem sex scene up here. Um, but I think there was, I think that year there was, I think I was one of 550 new HIV infections in 2015. Uh, last year, I think in Scotland there was something like 72. And that's because of these, you know, because more people are on, you know, they're on their HIV, effective HIV treatment mm -hmm. and are undetectable. And more people are on things like PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis and, and PEP. So... That's incredible, mate. Because I mean, that's, that's the difference. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's just about, and that's just about trusting in science. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's me. I'll be seven years, seven years diagnosed. You know, eight years diagnosed in March. Um, eight years was the average lifespan. You know, somebody that got diagnosis in in the eighties. You know, so in the eighties, you know, it was a very definite. We're going to be. You know, we're going to be pretty, pretty certain you'd have died from, you know, your HIV would have developed in AIDS and you would have, you would have died. Um, by the 90s, they were able to give you effective treatment that, that, that allowed you to live longer, but some of the treatment would have been really equally harmful. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the 2000s, you realised, no, you could live a full life. And then by 2010, no, actually, we can stop the spread of this with the same tablets. So it's a, an amazing journey in, in my lifetime, you know what I mean? Yeah. In 40 years, 42 years. Because, like, I, I never knew any of that. I, I did have this, this stereotypical view of when you did get it, you're in trouble. I and never realised that you're one tablet for the rest of your life and you can live... As normal. A normal mean, life. Absolutely normal. You know, the biggest the biggest kind of harm is... is a kind of mental health impact, you know, it's something you're always aware of. You're aware of the sort of stigma around it. So there's the self-stigma and then there's stigma from other people, you know. And that, that that can be that can be entirely innocently because there's just no the information there. Or it can, you know, folk just don't know. Like my granda, when I told my granda that was HIV positive, you know, he'd like I've done this on stage and he's like, oh, all right, right, so what is it? What have you brought me up here for? And you're looking for money for a funeral? And I'm like, no, I'm not looking for money for a funeral. I mean, I just take the one tablet a day. I went, and I explained what I just explained to you. All right, right. So you're one tablet a day and you're fine? Uh-huh. You're a body amateur, son. I'm in about eight different tablets. I'm getting for my back, my neck, and all the rest of it. But what, how, come, how come I don't know that? I mean, you, mean you don't hear from the HIV anymore. And, and that's essentially what happened. Like, once the kind of... Once people weren't dying from it in the UK or in the Western world, people stopped talking about it. You know, it wasn't a scare story anymore. It wasn't, a, you know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, there wasn't a subsection of society to demonise. You know, there was nothing, you know, there was nothing to be gained from it. Like it was a good news. Essentially, HIV became a good news story, um, and that. They just stopped talking about it. So you're ordinary punt like my granddad. My granddad would have no reason to keep up with what was going on, but it just it literally just fell out the news and hadn't heard for it in fifteen years. Yeah. Um so when I told him that, he's going, Oh what well, right he's remembered my last bit of information he heard about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As as most folk do. Um 
there's also always there's there's malicious there's people who can be malicious with it as well that are willfully know what the truth is. You know, they know what the truth is, but would sort of sort of willfully yeah. uh, spread rumours, you know. So say there's somebody listening to this podcast any age or gender and they're mad for the shagging and stuff. Mad for the shagging. And they're a wee bit worried. What I mean, your, your best thing your best thing is just your your sexual health test is your is your main thing, right? Because the quicker the quicker you have a diagnosis or something like that, you know, the less the less complications are gonna be, right? Your treatment your your, your treatment plan is gonna be easier, the less damage that you know there is possibly to your immune system. I was very, very I was very lucky. I know the date that I contracted HIV, the date that serial converted, that's the day where the virus is in your system, but the serial conversion is the date that it, it takes over your system and you become HIV positive. Right? So, so it kinda lies latent for a couple of weeks and then it then it attacks your system properly. There's enough for it to so that was like a real proper illness. So from so that was like something like the twenty second uh, of January twenty fifteen, would be the day of conception, if you like. Um I serial converted on Valentine's Day, 14th of February, and I was diagnosed by the 27th of March. So well, there's very, very little, and I was on treatment by the summer, you know, because they want to watch to see what how it behaves in you first before they, they hit you with the treatment. Um but so that I had a very small window where HIV was damaging my system, if you like. Um, yeah. But if you can, but if I hadn't necessarily been aware of what I was up to, if I hadn't been getting regularly tested, then I wouldn't, you know, I potentially could be sitting here, you know, seven years down the line, no really sure. You know, I, I mean, I've been, well, I could have a couple of wee calls or whatever. Your best thing just to get yourself regular STI screened, uh, take the HIV test, and that's that's, yeah, that's really your best your best way to go about it. If if you're if you're living a chaotic lifestyle, as some folk like to put it, as medical professionals like to put it, um, go and speak to somebody about getting prep. You know, if you find yeah. that you're having a lot of kind of reckless partners, if you've got mental health issues and you find that one of your things is like you're off. You know, that's one of the things that you do to act out is you end up having multiple sex partners. Get yourself some prep, you know, and get yourself just yeah. because there's no point getting into a, you know, if you, I mean, I've bipolar and things like that, but when you go into kind of these sort of storms or difficult times, you want to try and come out at least as healthy as what you were in, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's one less thing to worry about. But also, and this is it's like people then always go, oh, you've got to have somebody to blame. You know what I mean? Or who, who did you catch it from? You never caught it. Never caught it from, like, yes, of course, I contracted it from a person. That's how it works. But at the end of the day, my personal health, my sexual health is my responsibility. Mm. You know, um, if you can, always try and have a conversation with your sexual health partner, with your, with your sexual partners about things like that. Be open, you know. Um, talk about, you know, what your own status is when you last you get tested and then you can have an adult honest discussion about what precautions you're going to take do you know what I mean I yeah. just turned into a talk man <laughs> no <laughs> but, mate you're it's, but, it's but a... just like don't be scared to have those conversations you know mm -hmm. um because 
essentially situation I was in was three people who all had different HIV status. Um, and it, it was a, you know, and everyone presumed something different about the other one. You know, it was presumed that I was positive. Um, somebody else presumed that I was positive and on treatment when I was negative and I wasn't on anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and turned out somebody that was in amongst that group had been, had recently contracted HIV and was in a bit of a bend on cutting off, you know. And that's, and he thought he was being safe by playing with people that were HIV positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereby if we'd actually sat in a conversation and we had to mean that had to mean greedy as fuck for drugs on a Monday morning, you know, it probably would never have happened. Yeah. So have a conversation, that's your main thing. But never be afraid to go and get a because you the thing is you can get you don't have to go up to the Sandyford. You can now get HIV screens, you can get test at home kits, post them out to you. You know, it's essentially we're all now used to testing ourselves now with the COVID thing. Yeah. You know, so it works in a similar kind of way. Um, you can get poster t- kits and and you can you can check it all yourself. Um, and if you do get a positive test, positive result, don't panic. It's it's no as I say, it's no ideal, but it's nothing to be worried about. Yeah. Because there's tons of support, there's tons of help. Uh, available and the medication means you're going to be all right. Good mate. Um, that, that, that was a serious way to finish that. that no, happened? here it was. Uh, I'm a straight guy, mate. I've never heard any of that chat before. I don't oh, know. That <clears throat> world is unknown to me. So well, it's, it's nice to kind of hear somebody talk about it. You know, and, and the thing is, you know, there's. You know, the big, one of the biggest groups were um, STI infections has went up as in the over 50s and 60s right heterosexuals in the over 50s 60s no HIV but STIs right uh-huh. because you're talking about a generation that never get much in the way of sexual health you know education at school I've now all got Viagra they're generally all just a divorce do you know what I mean like they're, they're coming out they're coming out, coming out their first big relationships their kids are up they're splitting up and they're all shagging like fuck. And they don't know the first thing about how to look after their own their own sexual health. So people in their 50s and 60s um, are, are, are now getting, you know, what you would traditionally think were kind of teenagers and young 20s sexual health issues. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So it's, it's important that cause people... Because... because Gay men in particular are generally in small communities and small enclaves because they all kind of move in to find one another in certain places. Um, I these issues can go around quicker and faster in those, but I, they still happen in the Aye. heterosexual world. Yeah. It's just these are these are a lot more spread out, and it's you know you do have less sexual partners, um, but. That doesn't doesn't mean it doesn't happen, you uh, know. And it's be clued up, and it's worth it's worth being clued up. You know, I, I, I'll no name this person. But there was another comedian who was desperate to try and get a sexual health screening, um, and he said, I don't I don't know. He went, you know, I think I can't remember. Sandyford was like ages away. And what happened? Well, there's a gay men's health screening in the gay sauna, 
which is at the pipe box, was just just beside the Catholic Cathedral, interestingly enough, right? And he's like, <laughs> uh, so they, they went, well, how would they know I'm no gay? And I went, well, no, you just... Just go in. You just go in, just go up and get this. Uh, right, because he was going on the holiday and he did it an old clue. <laughs> so he was away up. <laughs> so, uh, so he went and used the... Uh, so there's... Do you know what I mean? I'll keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Get yourself up a sauna. <laughs> I, think, I can't remember. It's like a Tuesday or a Thursday, or whatever it was. I can't remember. What it was. But he, and he's like, oh, "That's amazing." They just go up there, and he was like astounded. He went on a gay sauna. Like, that was lovely. It was like a cafe, and I mean, they were doing tea and biscuits and all the rest of it. Could it be nicer? Okay. And I'm, sitting, I'm sitting there, and I'm just taking my body. And the next one, what you could hear was just. Fucking take it, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you get a free blowjob at the cafe. <laughs> so, Scott, thank you very much for coming into the studio today and thank being you. our very first guest of Straight White Whale Podcast. It's been a beautiful experience to have you. It's been lovely. We've never, we still never even spoke about what we're going to speak about. I know. I know. But we can save that for another time. Our first gig together. I know. We've done a new on 15, so I don't think we can do it, Apple. No. No. Well, I've got... 10 minutes right do you know what we can we do it awesome. let's not rush it right okay we, we won't rush it because it is a beautiful story we've got a million things to talk about yes i've just invited myself back yeah of course mate you're more than welcome <laughs> back anytime you want so this will be up online as soon as possible we'll tag you we'll okay, tell everybody yeah. about your gigs scott that's uh, lovely i love you with all my heart and soul take care mate It's got me feeling grateful No loss of life, so I'm hopeful I gained a soul, so I'm boastful I grind to make sure she has a plateful My hard work got them feeling threatened I'm trying to fly out into different settings I've got one thing on my necklace The other one comes so much stresses This ain't a life that I planned for More flaws and bare doors I tasted blessings, now I want more I built a team and called it M4 And tell first we gon' be alright Nelson called, that's my other guy we break bread and that's thanks to Jesus. He provides and he guides my people.